Hi, everybody. This is Norman with your daily podcast, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring. This is episode three of season two, We Go For It, sharing stories and observations for the boldly aspiring underdogs. Episode three, my very own underdog story, coming of age at 12. You know, I've always felt that this term, coming of age, can kind of happen almost at any age. I don't think it's reserved for people who are 20 or 21 only, or that it's reserved to only to adults. I think that coming of age is when you figure out, to a certain degree, how things work, how to move forward, how to succeed, what you need to do in order to maybe live the way you want to live. And I had a a really powerful lesson that hit me around the age of 12. And it has to do with being an underdog, of course, and baseball. For those of you who are not in the United States, baseball is the great American pastime, the great national pastime. It's a fascinating game, requires an enormous amount of coordination, and it is really difficult to pick up, especially at a young age. And I fell in love with baseball back in 1977. I, I've been around for a while. I was, I was going on 11 years of age, and I fell in love with baseball. More importantly, I'm, I'm from New York, and I fell in love with the New York Yankees. I saw some old clips on TV from the previous season. It was dramatic to say the least. I loved the announcers and the way they the way they described what was happening. And it just grabbed me. And at that time I was kind of looking for something. Yeah, at that age I was looking for something. I was looking for a way out. I was looking for something to fill my time with. School was fine. At home, there were multiple challenges. I had mentioned previously, my um, I come from a, a broken home. Uh, there are a lot of them out there, so that's nothing so different for a lot of people. And there was abuse, of course, not on me, fortunately. Um, spousal abuse, uh, husband on wife, broken doors. We had to flee our our home in the middle of the night in order to escape uh, an abusive husband. A lot of alcohol being drunk, a lot of fighting, a lot of violence. It was a rough time. The first 12 years of my life were essentially spent that way. And I was looking for, but still I was looking for something. You know, I didn't I kept on saying there's got to be something else. Uh, School was fine, despite everything. I was a straight-A student. Um, I didn't have many, if any, friends, but I had an itch. You know, and when you get that itch, you got to scratch it. And back then, prior to playing baseball in 1977, I wasn't very athletic athletically coordinated okay i was always the last one chosen for 
for uh, for Red Rover games, and I was little, skinny, and pretty insignificant. So no, I was never, I was not an athletic type at all. But I wanted to play sports, and I fell in love with the New York Yankees. So how does this play into the underdog theme? Well, there were quite a few circumstances that set me up as an underdog immediately in this particular context. The first thing is I started late. I was uh, at that time 11 years old when my good friend Anthony started to introduce me to baseball. And I, I had never played before. Uh, most of the kids I was playing with had started at the age of seven or eight. So I was three or four years behind. I didn't have any close role models to, to guide me, to help me. Not blaming anyone, but there were there were no role models close by. My role models were the twenty five members of the New York Yankees, and I and, and I think probably the more difficult thing, which I I'm not sure I've ever resolved completely well, is I didn't know how to ask for help. So I but I but I wanted to play. I I, I wanted to be a Yankee, and even if I didn't think I could ever be a baseball player, I never became one professionally. But I, I wanted to I wanted to play, and I really liked it. I liked also the fact that by playing baseball, I was, in, I was put in touch with a lot of different other kids, a lot of kids who were not part of my, my class at school. These were kids that hung out, that were from other schools. They hung out um, in, in the neighborhood, and I got to know a lot of different kinds of kids, and I thought it was, it was cool. I really enjoyed that. I must say that when I finally put on the old uniform, my first baseball uniform, I then went out to practice with the, the team and the, the father coaches who were there. It was, a, it was a parish league that I joined, I signed up for. You know, you get your uniform in the little plastic bag, the uniform worn by somebody else the year before, all nice, neatly washed and pressed. And I remember my first day playing baseball, and it was a disaster. It started well enough. I was playing a little bit of catch, and I thought I could kind of figure it out. And then the coaches started hitting ground balls, you know, whacking those things really hard, and I started dodging, getting out of the way of those. Then they then they sent me to the outfield to start catching fly balls, and they hit these towering, towering shots that I was like, I, I mean... I had no idea how I was going to catch one or, or whether I should catch one or get out of the way of it. And it was just completely, completely hopeless at the beginning. Playing with children who had already been playing for several years. When it came to batting, to actually hitting the ball, let's not even begin to talk about that. I was totally useless. I had no idea how to, how to make contact no matter how much the coach tried to get me, tried to teach me, tried to show me, I just couldn't get it. Keep your eye on the ball. You know, how do, what does that mean? You know, you keep your eye on the ball. I, I really didn't get it. And that first year, um, it was a it was a fun year, I must say, despite the fact that I wasn't any good. I rode the bench, rooted for my team, played occasionally. I was not threatened. The, the the level wasn't that high and you know it was okay you know we won the championship I think I I finally hit a ball meaning I, I hit a little ground ball I caught a pop fly in that final game I felt pretty good and and I and we won a trophy we we won first place in the parish league 
So that was kind of nice. It was kind of fun. And uh, I thought that maybe I would be able to have a better year the following year. The only problem is, is that because of my age, I was then placed in the next group up and I was the smallest, the youngest, the skinniest and the weakest in the next group up. It was a disaster. It was one of the most difficult years I ever went through. And we're talking about the summer of the spring summer of 78. It was very, very difficult. But I loved my Yankees and I continued to say, well, I can I'm going to keep practicing. And I did every day and keep trying and try different batting stances and all that. And so basically we had um, two years of wandering in the wilderness where basically I was so bad. My coach finally just ignored me and I sat on the bench almost all the time. I think I got up to bat two or three times. Nothing ever came of it. I was totally overwhelmed, totally outmatched. And, but I kept showing up. I really wanted to, to, to make a go of it. So I just kept showing up. I just kept showing up. And I thought that at some point I would finally start to improve. And starting my third year in baseball, it hadn't happened yet. So I started that season. Started pretty much the same where the second season had left off. Zero. Uh, anonymous. And the coach, in, a, in an attempt for us to improve our hitting, present company included, we went to a batting range. Okay, batting range like this cage, right, where there's a machine, it spits a ball out, and you have to hit it, and you get to practice. Well, I don't know if you ever heard of Murphy's Law. Uh, Murphy's Law says that if anything bad can happen, it will. But you might, while you might be familiar with that, you may not be familiar with Finnegal's corollary to Murphy's Law. That if something bad does happen, it'll happen at the worst possible time. Well, when I got out of the car... When we arrived at the batting range, Murphy and Finnegal, they were waiting for me. They were right there. And they, you know, in lockstep, arm in arm, we walked into the batting range area. So I got up there and I wanted to do my best. The first ball comes out, boom. I, it hits, I swing the bat and it skins part of the, it skins my, my index finger, the top hand, because I, misjudged the curve, whatever, boom, and I skinned, took the skin off my finger, and I dropped the bat. It was quite painful. I was pretty upset. Okay, I got back in with the bat again, got into my stance, and the ball was launched, and boom, I swing. This time, the ball hits me square on the back of my left hand, fracturing it. Okay? I was really upset. I just was ready to give up. And I said, okay, that's it. You know, I dropped the bat. I was angry. The coach came to see it, whatever. Um, at that point, we didn't know it was broken. It just seemed like it was it was uh, just swelling a bit. I didn't say more. They didn't take me to the doctor, thankfully. So I got home. By the time I got home, the hand had swelled up considerably. Okay. I get home and I rushed to my room, closed the door, and I, you know, surveyed the damage. Yeah, it really was broken. I have this. I have the the, uh, the cartilage build up to prove it. I could not bend my hand. It had puffed up enormously. It was very swollen, and I had to make a decision. I was there. It was on my third season. We had just started pretty much, and I had to make a decision. If I went to the doctor, there was a chance that it was broken, which it was, 
And if that were the case, they were going to put a, a cast on my hand and I wasn't going to be able to play. I wanted to play. So I didn't tell anybody. Nobody. I went out and I played. I had a difficult time catching. I had to use my right hand to trap the ball in my left glove. Couldn't bat. But then that was no big problem because I couldn't bat anyway. So it didn't really make too much of a difference. I rode the bench. But I was there. I played with my friends and I continued to practice on my own and do what I could. But I didn't, I didn't give it up. I didn't give up. And what was interesting is that there was this big old challenge and it was basically telling me, uh, Norman, you know, go home. You can, you can sit this one out. And I didn't do it. I really wanted to play. So we're talking about love here, you know, being in harmonious vibration with, and I was very honest with myself about it. So, you know, we went on and on the season progressed and one day, you know, I, I, it was this hitting thing. I couldn't, I couldn't get it right. And I remember one day I'm sitting uh, on my bed or lying in my bed, don't remember. And I thought to myself, you know, Norman, what if you took a picture? What if you could create a picture in your head of the bat, of the moment the bat hits the ball? Just a, a moment of that, that, that contact. At that point, I was pretty much prepared to try anything. So I, I thought to myself, okay, I'll try it. I just want to know what it feels like. I want to know what it looks like. I want to have a picture. So I did. The very next day, which when we had our match, our game, I was up there. I was put into play. I was able to play. They allowed me to. They, you know, I, I went in in the middle of the game. And the pitcher, fortunately, was a guy who didn't throw very hard. That was great. It was, it was like everything coming together. So my hand had already healed up a bit, didn't hurt so much. I got up there to bat, and he throws this, this what, what, what I remember Reggie Jackson said was a mattress pitch. It's one you can really lay on, and boy, did I need that one because, you know, I couldn't hit for beans. So the ball's coming really slow, you know, lob, lobbing it in. It's, oh, yeah, it's Norman batting, so let's lob it in there. And so I just, what I did was I just stuck my bat out there. I just stuck it out, just put that bat out there, and I saw... If you could slow it down, like if it was frame by frame, I saw the ball make contact with the bat, bat hit ball, and and, and you know I, I there was contact. It was a little dribbler of a ground ball that went that the second baseman had to charge, and they threw me out. But it was really amazing because you saw it's it's amazing how it works. Uh, subjective things to the outside observer, it was. This little kid hit a, a crappy ground ball, pardon my French, and that's it. But for me, it was, I mean, I'm sorry, but, you know, the, 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 uh, the North and the South Pole, they changed places. The tectonic plates shifted. The Earth became the center of the universe. For me, it was a massive change for reasons I'm still not sure. But I guess because I had a picture so I sat down. I was that was the only time I batted that 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 day. But I had a picture now. And what happened for the next eight weeks of the season, I went crazy. I can't explain it. I cannot explain it. I started hitting everybody. Everywhere. All the time. I think probably I was batting over five hundred over those eight weeks. The I remember clearly the coach saying, you know, what the 
what happened to you? Where, where do you, could you please tell us what, where Norman is? It was amazing. What a, I mean, it reminded me of the Napoleon Hill, you know, the great, uh, personal development author where he said, when riches come to you, they will come so fast and in such quantities that you'll be wondering where they were waiting during all the lean years. And it's amazing. That's exactly what happened. I just went crazy. Of course, I won the most improved player award that year. And, you know, it was just something that I can't begin to, 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 to describe the level of victory that I experienced simply by, I, I stuck it out. I, I faced that moment when we, when I could have pulled back when I broke my hand, I never gave up on it. I thought about it. And then, and then we had that critical inch, that little piece that was missing from, from, the, from the whole puzzle, which was, of course, seeing bat hit ball. And uh, it was just something that I know firsthand what it, how it feels to, to be an underdog. And I also know firsthand how it feels to love something so much, to be in such harmony with it that you're willing to take the extremely tough times, being ignored, being embarrassed, being useless pretty much in that particular endeavor. And I believe that, you know, it was just something that it really worked. Does it have to do with maybe some elements of my own character? I would imagine there, there are some character traits that I may have that persisted. I learned a lot through failure, but I learned even more by looking for solutions. It wasn't simply I failed, but what I learned in terms of now applying solutions. And I realized that if you, this is kind of a dangerous with an if statement, but if you start with something that you love, if you start with sincerely being honest with yourself about what's important to you and you go for that, you have a much better chance of succeeding because you will stick it out. And so many times winning is merely a question of sticking it out long enough that then the solutions will start to come to you. That's exactly what happened here. And it was, a, it, it was something that, and I say coming of age at 12, and yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that's the case because I learned a valuable lesson that unfortunately later in life, I then forgot it. But since let's say now 10 years, I've remembered it again and it has served me in ways, in really amazing ways, probably a bit, a bit, uh, a bit uh, sooner, a bit later than that. But it's part of it's part of my DNA. It's part of my my story, and it basically feeds so many of the other things that I've attempted and succeeded at or failed at uh, in my life. And just to bring it in for a close, the part that really grabs me and that I think is super important is that I started out with something I loved, with something that I had to have to be, to experience, to do. I had my role models. I had to play baseball 
because I loved baseball and the New York Yankees. They were my heroes. They were my mentors. Anybody who's a New York Yankees fan remembers Thurman Munson. He was my hero. Rest May he rest in peace. And it was something that has turned into a reference for me when I'm facing difficult times, whenever I'm an underdog today, I, I go back to that and I remember who I was and I remember what I experienced and I start to, and I continue to move forward towards whatever goals I have today, no matter how difficult, no matter how long-term. And it's my hope that you guys also will be able to will, will be able to identify and share your own underdog stories. We've all got them, and they could be as small as mine. Yet the impact on your individual lives is what really matters. And it has just been an incredible reference for me for all my life. I want to just say thank you for, for listening to this. Thank you for listening to my story. If you'd like to share your stories, please get in touch please share them. I think that the, the, the more stories we have, the greater we understand each other. And wherever you are around the world, whichever time zone you are gracing with your presence, I wish you a great day, a great evening, and I look forward to being to sharing more stories and experiences with you all tomorrow. Take care and talk soon. Bye-bye.